The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio and on Facebook Live. This is a relatively new phenomenon, and I'm still so excited that we can be in multiple places at the same time. So if you're listening on Unity Online Radio in real time, you can also head over to Facebook and go to my page, which is Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams, and you can watch us live. And I'm with Jeff Nelson, who is a Presbyterian pastor who's written a book called Dreaming in Church. We'll be talking about dreams as it relates to your spiritual or religious path and how your dreams can help support you and also how your spiritual path can support your dreams. And that's what we'll be talking about today. So find us on either platform. I love it when people find us in both ways, because we can get your you in the chat, which sometimes is delayed. So if you've got something really important, you'd like to contribute to the conversation, call in on Unity Online Radio hotline, which is 816- 2513555816251 All right so let's get this party started um I am Jeff Nelson I'm just going to bring you on because everyone can see you Okay <laughs> and normally you know I like to start my show I do a little prayer centering kind of a thing and before I officially introduce you would you be willing to do like a brief little opening prayer? Sure. Oh, great. Okay. Let's hear from you right now. Yeah. Yeah, On (laughs) the spot. Ready to go. All right. All right. Let's, let's pray. (laughs) Gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to get together like this and the ability that through the marvels of technology, we can be present with each other, even though we're all around the world. Bless us as we use this time now to look a little more closely and more deeply into our dreams that what we do here today on Kelly's program may deepen the faith of all of us. We thank you and ask your blessings, and I do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A woman, ah, dreams. I just like yeah. to add that little bit. <laughs> okay, so just as a just as a layer of possible synchronicity, I'm going to read today's luminous humanness thought for the day and today's november 17th and it comes from this book that's now an ebook by the way surrounds and abounds if you could truly see and feel the enormity of the undulating bounty of never-ending grace and beauty attempting to bestow itself upon you in every minute of every day you might disintegrate into trillions of tiny awestruck pixels Let your prayer to the universe or to God or to Jesus or whoever you pray to not be a plea for more, but support toward elevating your awareness to withstand conscious communion with the blessings that are already 
and forever functioning in your abundant life. Affirmation. Every day I become more capable of enjoying, appreciating, and celebrating my good fortune. So that's the message from Luminous Humanness on November 17th, if you're listening live. <sighs> okay, so on that note, let me just let me just do a little intro to what's happening on the show today. So for those of you who have been watching and or listening or in my world for any stretch of time, you know that I'm I'd consider myself to be way more spiritual than religious. I come from a Catholic background, pretty um, passionate Catholic background, not kind of a begrudging Catholic background. My dad was going to be a priest before he met my mom, and my my dad was very devoted. So Sunday service was a regular thing for me, and I even like to go into the church, and sometimes I still do when there's nobody around, just to commune with God and it wasn't, there was a few traumatic incidences that happened with certain nuns and certain teachers that kind of really spoke about hell. Like you're going to go to hell if this, if that, and those were all things that I was doing and did do. And I thought, oh my God, how can there be this loving God that would send his or her child to such a place called hell like that just doesn't reconcile to me. And I, I, so I kind of diverged from the faith and ended up finding my way back to God of my understanding through dreams and through my spiritual path. So I've kind of been arm's length from all things clergy and traditional, but every once in a while on my path, I meet somebody who is a man or woman of the cloth that, that does represent a traditional religious institution and does it in a way that really appeals to me, really speaks to me, that is a mystic themselves. And Jeff Nelson is one of those people. Um, so Jeff, I'm talking about you in front of your face behind your back, <laughs> but I, Jeff is from Whittier, which is where I grew up, where my family still lives and from the Presbyterian church there. And Jeff has been a member, a longtime member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams, which I've been a member of for a long time too. Jeff is very deeply involved, and you even run the you even run the the Southern California chapter. Well, there, there's there's a group, and I'm I'm a part of it, and have sort of um, been the manager of a couple of the conferences we've done. But there's a there's a group of folk who work very well together. Yeah. That's great. And are they all in, they're not all in Whittier. They're just in Southern oh, California. No, I'm the only one in Whittier. <laughs> okay. And I'm sometimes in Whittier. So I feel like yeah, I, good, I, I need good. to be more part of this. So here's a little bio on Jeff. He, so he's, besides being the author of Dreaming in Church, Jeff Nelson is a spiritual director and retired Presbyterian pastor living in Whittier, California, right around the corner from my family. He has 40 years of experience working with his own dreams and 12 years of experience leading dream groups in churches and other settings. His demon, his um, doctorate of ministry in dissertation addressed the benefits and challenges of conducting dream groups in local churches. And he completed his training as a spiritual director at San Francisco Theology Seminary. The number to call if you have a question to ask Jeff about dreams or um, your your how that relates to your path 
your spiritual path, the number to call is 816-251-3555. At the second half of the show, we'll be taking your calls. So, and Jeff, what is the best website for you, by the way? So people can Well, I, I really don't have a, a website. It mainly just directly to me with email. Oh, okay. What's the best email if somebody has a question? Uh, GG Nelson at ix.netcom.com. Whoa. Shall, shall I put that in the chat? Sure. <laughs> sure. And then I'll post it. Okay. That's good. That's good. GG at, and then the rest was gone. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Um, all right. So let's get this little party started. Um <clears throat> I want to, one thing I love about you, Jeff, and I love in your book, you're, it's very grounded, very down to earth. And I love the fact that you were kind of um, rebellious in your early years before you became a man of the cloth, you were a hippie, you did psychedelics. And so did you always have kind of a spiritual leaning? What, what kind of, what was the first spark that led you to want to be a minister? Pastor. Yeah. Um, I was raised in the church, although I I was not um, a happy camper with it. My parents made me go to church up until I was either got a job or turned 16. <laughs> and I got the job <laughs> um, because I, I really didn't care for church. But later on, particularly as I got into drugs and hippie stuff, I was yeah. looking for some anchors or, or posts to hold on to and... Um, I had a couple of fascinating experiences with psychedelic or marijuana reading scripture and finding it just opening up in a way that that I had never encountered before and did not encounter again until I started paying attention to my dreams. And there's a sense in which the connection that the the deep personal connection that I have in 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 my dreams with God or spirit, however you want to describe it that intense connection that I feel in my dreaming is similar to what I felt with the psychedelic experiences and the experiences of really sensing God's presence, not only in the whole world, but in my personal life as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I feel like you are, you are a mystic. You are. (laughs) That's um, one way to put it. Yes. (laughs) But among many. (laughs) So there's, okay. So this is one of the things that I want to grapple with. Um, I've, so, so many religious doctrines, um, or religious paths begin with a dream, like where the, where somebody has a dream and then it becomes this like revelation and then a spiritual path follows. And and so I'd like to talk about that, but also I've, I mean, I think it's Kelly Bulkley that, that talked about how, like ordinary people having a revelatory dream could have been like in, in the past and even in some cultures considered witchcraft or considered like, that's the work of the devil. You're just an ordinary person. You're not allowed to commune with God or think that you can. So like, how dare you claim that? And yet every religion began with an ordinary person, typically an ordinary person receiving a great insight. And then becoming extraordinary because they put that into action. So can you talk a little bit about, about that? <laughs> you covered a broad territory. Can you be more specific about the relationship? Yeah, of okay. Well, I mean, like, why would it be, 
why would it be that that people would say that ordinary people can't dare to oh, okay. to dream yeah. so big? I mean, let's just get in there, and I don't care where you go with that, but I want to just get your feedback on that. Well, uh, hi- historically and culturally, um, human beings tend to be power oriented. <laughs> the more power I have, the happier I am, and the safer I feel, the more in control I feel, and for the past several thousand years, we've been male dominant focused. Men tend to be stronger physically than women. And the issue becomes who's the strongest and who's going to rule then. In the Christian faith, if we look at Jesus, he flips those male images upside down and becomes very almost feminine in, in that he contains both dimensions of of humanness Mm. feminine caring nurturing compassionate uh male planning designing engineering sometimes aggressive uh all of that stuff so Mm -hmm. um that's it's tough to to sometimes distinguish the message of faith from the messenger right we've got plenty of messengers who are imperfect and not willing to admit it and deal with it and it's that imperfection using the power of religion that becomes very abusive and um, controlling and all sorts of negative stuff but i think a true religion any true religion is going to is going to bounce against that because any true religion respects the value of each individual (laughs) and the fact I mean, one of the things I like about dreams is that they are so democratic. Everybody right. dreams. Yeah. And even if I'm uh, uh, in the old days, it used to be the slave and the free. Even if I'm a slave, I can have as powerful a dream in my life as my slave owner or as the emperor of Rome or whatever it may be, that our dreams are so democratic that mm-hmm. they fit all of us. I remember I was I was sitting in a hospital waiting room. My sister was having her appendix taken out. It was a very scary moment. She had it had burst. It was scary, and we my family was sitting next to another family who had somebody who was also in a very dire situation, and and we all were talking about let's pray. And um, my mom, some this, this woman started praying a very Christian kind of a oriented prayer, and then. Um, she said, what, what religion are you? And I said, well, and I kind of gave a little overview and I said, but you know, really dreams are kind of my, my access to, to God. And she was, she went from being very friendly and connected to, you know, that's the devil speaking through you. That's, Mm. that's like you, like who, who are you to be able to do that? And it went from warm and connected to cold and 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 preachy and it was so devastating because it was such a vulnerable moment and 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 I think there can be this thing about um I think in traditional um like mm, I can't even think of what the word is but I guess just traditional ways of being in a religion is that there's only there's there's only one person that's allowed to have that access and that is the one wearing the cloth everybody else can't so what would you say to that girl if you were in the hospital waiting room with me what would you say to her on my behalf <laughs> well i i'd point out to her that there are numerous instances in the bible itself where dreams are used by god facilitating god's purposes with the men and women who have the dreams 
um, that she's really in a minority position in terms of the scripture. So if she's coming at it from Judeo-Christian perspective, something's gotten turned off in, in some way in her life that is really shortchanging her, really, because I don't, I haven't really counted. I think there's like 19 or 20 instances of dreams being referred to in the scripture, and mm. two of them are negative. And those negative statements <clears throat> are not negative about dreams themselves as much as they are negative about the use to which dreams are put. And if mm. your dreams are used to pull you away from God or pull you away from Christ, that's a negative use of dreams. But the majority, vast majority of biblical references to dreams are very positive, very helpful, etc. So in some way, if somebody is a vivid dreamer, we could say, do you, do you, well, okay, I'm going to break this up. Do you <laughs> think dreams are the way God speaks to us? Or is that or just a one? They are a, a way. A yes. way. Yes. Okay. So if somebody is a vivid dreamer and they're receiving, regu- they're remembering on regular, regularly dreams, then why would they need the church? Why would they, if they have their own, if they are their own church, their home, their heart is their own church. Church is really a state of mind. Why would they need religion? What's the point of religion? I think that's maybe the fear of empowering people to have their own access to God, kind of fundamentally speaking, because they're afraid they would lose people. So why do you think people would still need or want a church? Um, my my whole educational process that I went through between in the last 15, 20 years um, had to do with the fact that I'd already been keeping track of my dreams for decades. And I wanted a container into which to put the dreams and my dream work. And I think religion, not only Christianity, but any religion provides a container within which we can deal with our deeper human issues. Kelly, you know from from doing dream work as much as you have that occasionally a, a dream will touch somebody very deeply in ways that they that they are they're overwhelmed with sometimes. Right. And having a group of people or a system around them into which they can plug those those experiences and those emotions and feelings can be really helpful. And that to me has always been the value of 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 a an organization, whether it be a church or um, a, a local mosque or an organization of people devoted to their own religion, that it it helps people handle all those forces in their lives, forces which our dreams are probably the best uh, reference point. Our dreams are going to tell us all those forces that are going on in our, our lives, not just the ones we like or the ones that we think are acceptable. Oh, and then, so then to add to that, bringing, having a, having a dream group within the church setting or with fellow church members, then in some way that seems like it would just be so juicy. I mean, people are already on this path and already looking for it. And so you, in your book, Dreaming in Church, you talk about how you've, how you've established dream groups in churches and and you have guidelines for people for how to how to do this. Um, what's like if somebody's listening and they're like, "Ooh, I've got a group. I might want to bring dreams to my church group, or you know, or even if it's outside of a church group." What are some of the parameters 
um, some of the thoughts. I mean, your whole book, people need to buy your book, Dreaming in Church, for <laughs> sure. But just, you know, give me one or two things that people should keep in mind if they want to explore starting their own dream group. Right. Any Anytime we begin working with dreams, we need to, I think we need to involve the expression that's that you're so familiar with, the IASD, of if it were my dream. Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 That 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 allows the dream to be more fully expressed in a group, but it also allows the dreamer whose dream it is initially to have the protection and the freedom that they need to express their their dreaming, all their dreaming images and associations, their personal history. Uh, dream groups become a very intimate form of sharing um, in all the dream groups that I'm involved in in churches they've been going for multiple years and the people develop a very close uh, an intimacy with each other that that is hard to achieve in in normal conversation say in a bible study or a book right. uh, reading a book together dreams are reading our own book our our inner book of who we are what has made us how we feel about all that stuff um and it's just a deeper way to 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 know oneself and to know one's faith and to do it in a church group where everybody agrees on the rules keeps it safe for everybody as well it's that safety is a an, i think a real important issue in dream groups so first of all if it were my dream. And secondly, anybody that wants to start working with their dreams needs to keep a journal, write those dreams down, all of them, right. and begin to keep track of what are the images that come up in my dreams more frequently? What do I associate with those images? How do those images call me into to growing in my own faith and in my own life? So all of the oh, above. That's great. That's great. So in your book, Dreaming in Church, which is a perfect name. Sometimes, I mean, I get a lot of books that people send to me and I write books and it's a lot of titles don't stick, but this is a, a one that sticks and it's, and it tells us exactly what's in the book. So bravo on that. Um, you talk about a lot of your own dreams and then some dreams of people that you, that, that you've worked with. Um, there was one dream. There's so many that were really interesting. One of them, I think it was about John. There was like two lightning strikes in your dream. Can you, just because we have just a brief time before we go to the break and we're going to take questions on the other side of the break. We've got lots of people already lined up. I'm so excited. So hang on everybody. But I want to just hear a little bit about what, what you did with this lightning strike dream. You had it, you shared it with your dream group. Tell us about the dream. Well, it was one of those I will call it providential because that's how I live, that this was like the first or second meeting of a, of a dream group. The very first one I started. Oh, and I shared the dream and, and the, 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 the question became in um, I'm in an, a high rise building with windows on two sides and lightning strikes. And I'm, startled and i step back from the windows and it strikes again and i'm i'm there with my friend john and i don't remember the details now but as the dream group worked with that dream the question became well what about john you're you're talking about your response in the dream what about john and i said oh, i have no idea so the following week in waking life 
<clears throat> I called John and said, hey, dude, how you doing? <laughs> and he told me about two. Now, remember, there were two lightning strikes, two crises that had unfolded in his life within the last 10 days or so. so I, I did not tell him, oh, hey, I had a dream about you. But that enabled me then to go back to the group and say, whoa, guess what was going on in my friend John's life while I was having this dream? And it was it was a way to really cement the value of doing dream work for this dream group. Um, and still, this this that dream group is still in existence. We've been together 17 years now. Ooh. Every now and then, we'll make a reference to that dream <laughs> because it was so important to the beginning of our process. So that's a short story. Oh, I love it. So that that dream actually brings up the question. A lot of people ask me because I'm a I'm a fan of saying that it's worthy of exploring every dream from the perspective of how is everyone and everything in that dream an aspect of self. In this dream, it this was it seems like it was clearly about like giving you a message to reach out to John. And and you did. So bravo. And I always also suggest that people take some form of action on their dreams. So you demonstrate that perfectly. But so what's your perspective on is everyone and everything an aspect of ourselves or sometimes it's about the people we're dreaming about? Well, it, it's both. It's if in this instance, my emotional connection to John was very deep, almost lifelong. Mm-hmm. So even though the dream may not have been John's dream, it was my dream in that my relationship with John was involved in it. I think that the expression of every every dream image and character as a reflection of myself is one tool to do dream work, but it's only one. Right, right. It has its own limitations to a certain extent. Um, Right. So, yes, I I use that technique, uh, but there are also others of finding associations with images, but most of it comes down to my personal association. So there's a there's a sense in which when we say, if it were my dream, yeah. We are saying that this is it, all these things relate to me in in my own life, and I can use that tool if I if I want to of of all, all parts being a part of me. Awesome. So we're I'm talking to Jeff Nelson. He is the he's a retired pastor, Presbyterian pastor. His book is Dreaming in Church. And we're going to a quick break. And as soon as we come back, we're going to take your questions about dreams, about church, about church, about dreams, and about whatever it is you want to talk about or ask Jeff about. So don't go anywhere. Don't take your dreams lying down. We'll be right back. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. 
Okay, we're back on the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio, having some wild fun behind the scenes. I am joined today by the amazing Jeff Nelson. His book is Dreaming in Church. He's a retired Presbyterian pastor in Whittier, California. So those of you who know I'm from Whittier, like, woohoo, shout out to (laughs) all of y'all. I'm still, you know, I'm still like besties with the girls I grew up with in Whittier and um, my family still lives in Whittier. So that's kind of a, it's very rare that anything Whittier comes up on this show. So (laughs) it's kind of amazing. All right. We've got some great people with some wonderful questions and I'm going to try to not hang up on anybody. So have patience with me, you guys, if you want to call in, if you're watching us on Facebook live and you want to call in on unity online radio, so you can have your voice be heard and your questions be heard. The number is 816-251-3555. And if you're listening on unity, go to Facebook Um, It's facebook.com forward slash Kelly Sullivan Walden dreams. And then you can post your comments if I can find them in real time. Okay. So Nancy T try not to hang up on you this time. Hey, honey. So you're driving. I know. um, So we'll be short and sweet ish, but you've got two dreams. Yes. And this is a response, Jeff, to what you were saying about how dreams can change your life. Hey, honey, is there any way you can speak up or put your mouth closer to the phone? Yes, I can. Okay, so what I was saying is these two dreams both are life-changing. One I know is life-changing because it happened so long ago and I still remember it. And the last one is, the first one I'm going to mention is one I had last night. Um, As Kelly knows, the love of my life recently died. And I've been pretty devastated and, and wanting him to come to me in a dream. And last night he did. And in the dream, he was, I could see him in this very large, very expansive kitchen. And there was a high chair on the far left of the, of the frame and these counters way behind him. And there was a stove, on, you know, to the left of the frame also. And he was singing and dancing and laughing and joking and being funny. And he was feeding his daughter. And his daughter was a little girl uh, at the time in this dream. And um, I saw that he was blissful. And I realized that through this FaceTime technology, I could see him anytime I wanted, anytime. And that I could uh, do so without being judged, without anyone saying you shouldn't be talking to him or he's not real or any of that. I could just simply talk with him or see him so he could see me I could see him I even saw myself walking away from him to see if he could still see me and and he would still be there and he was and in my dream when I woke up I felt like this was just a literal message saying to me that though he's gone he can always see me and I can always see him to some extent so beautiful Nancy okay so Jeff I'm gonna give you the talking stick um, what do you, what's your response to this dream? Well, I, 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 I rejoice, I hope with Nancy and that that's a really a, a wonderfully comforting dream that, um, how, long, <clears throat> how long has it been since your, since he died? He died October 21st, but I did not even find out about it until like November 3rd. So it's a very, of this, of this year. 
Uh, just yeah, just oh just dear, that. oh that's still very yeah. fresh. Yes, it's very fresh, and I've been saying for a really long time that when a person dies, that they're still with us. There's there's their spirit. They're still with us to some extent, and that's sort of what I preach out and about in the world. But I've been trying to connect with that. So where is he? If he's no longer in his body, where is he? He's, he's in heaven. So why can't I still communicate with him? And that's been my effort since he died. Uh, you're asking a huge question <laughs> that's been asked for millions of years, I think. How, how, how do I reconnect with my deceased loved one? And I think that's one of the more powerful aspects of dreaming. Um, I have... I mentioned earlier the dream group I've been in for 17 years, and many of us have lost our parents in that time. And so we watch our dreams to see when a parent shows up, what, what's the interaction in the dream with that parent. And, and the, the, the dream that you told about was, I think, wonderfully comforting. You're, you're in, it sounds like you're in a kitchen or a dining room kitchen combination, which is a, a place of nurturing and feeding um you this guy is did you say feeding his child who's who's younger in the dream yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he was cooking for her yeah okay he was yeah. making her food and just happy as could be what a wonderful dream image <laughs> yeah, even, yeah even even though you're still dealing with the pain of of loss this dream is like a little a little a little touch of of comfort and I hope inspiration that yeah. that the dream gives good good feelings, good images for everybody involved: feeding, comfort, care, uh, a, a good father taking care of his child. Um, and uh, one of the other things we might ask is, how do you relate to the to the little girl in the in the? It was a high chair, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Is there a sense in which he's also feeding you? in mm. some younger part of you or Ooh, nice. you can go all kinds of places with that but, but that. i think you've been blessed with that dream nancy and congratulations yeah i do too <laughs> i do too i and, and in fact i i think of it as sort of an affirmation of what i've been saying all along that though they may pass they're still with us you know mm. they're still with us they can be with god and with us because if we're if god is part of us then why can't they be with us and so i that's what I believe, and but this just felt very affirming to that. I'm going to just throw in um, affirming everything that both of you just said, and and just underscoring the part. I loved when Jeff brought up the part about the little girl. Might that be the little girl in you that's also being fed and being entertained? Like in some way, I think I always talk about like kind of the spiritual adult in us doesn't need any reassurance doesn't need any nurturing like that part of us is is the giver and but it's the it's the little part of us it's the part of us that's more fragile more more sensitive more hurt that needs th to be fed so you definitely have like a spiritual adult happening nancy that's totally fine but i think the part that's been grieving is the little part and yes he does have a daughter um in real life but i think i thought that was that really resonated with me if it were my dream um, and I, I just love the notion of, it, to me, it feels like my, the Lola dream I had, my dog Lola just passed away as well, Jeff. And I had a dream that Lola took off her dog suit and revealed the cosmos. <laughs> and that dream has been feeding me 
So I think this is a dream that if it were my dream, it would be similar where it would feed my soul to get to know that you have access to see into his world whenever you want. And he's watching you too. It's, you know, it's, and there's always a song that goes with that. I always feel like somebody's watching me. me. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Nancy, I'm going to have you hold your Jesus dream just because I want to take a couple other questions, but hold it for a moment. We're going to have Jesus waiting in the wings. Is that blasphemous or what? (laughs) Okay. So, and I'm going to try not to hang up on you, but we're going to see if we can. Okay. Um, I am putting you on hold and bringing on Susie P in LA. Hello. Hey, Susie, you're on, you're live. You're here. I'm on, I'm live. This show is so amazing. And I could listen to many episodes to listen to you guys talk, but I'm going to get right to a dream if I may. Please. Okay. So there was a, at the very, very beginning of this dream, there was just a flash. So it just gave me an atmosphere of a little bit action adventure, boys against girls, grown men and grown women, but boys against girls, a little just action adventure kind of thing. I don't, it didn't stay there long, just a blip. The next thing is I'm standing on a ledge and the ledge is like a beveled shelf semicircle um and and at my back is a let's say it's carved from a mountain because i feel so solid at the back and but there's this shoot at c-h-u-t-e i'm sort of a half circle i'm in it and Mm. it's also made of this incredible either granite or marble and um Mm. The thing, one thing to be noted is I'm naked, but the nakedness I have no issue with. I feel not 63 as I am in real life. I feel about early 30s and athletic. Everybody in this dream is athletic. And I'm looking down over my feet, and this ledge is only a couple of inches over my bare feet, way, way down into a relatively small round pool on the edges of this pool are women who are my besties now i don't recognize them in conscious life as my besties but but in the dream they're my they're my homies and uh and they're looking up at me and i am maybe getting the feeling it's a sort of a ceremonial thing i'm not really sure but all of a sudden, let's pretend I hear a, a sort of motor, like a mm, and the ledge starts to lower. So in other words, I'm going down this huge drop, whether I want to or not. And then, and I'm like, Whoa, and then it, it miraculously, I'm, I'm being lowered almost instantly into this water. There was no huge drop there was and the water that i am in is like i i'm a hot bath fan in real life but this is seven thousand times exponentially more delicious this water wow. Wow. and and i'm and it's almost i would say amniotic but it's not a gel it's water and 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 it's up to and i'm up to my chin and the only little tiny bit of anxiety that i have left 
because I just feel so amazing in this water is I look at my friends and maybe there was a leader, I'm not sure. And I say sort of anxiously, is that the key? Is that a key? And I don't know if I said, is that a key or the key? But I was nervous. Is that a key? Is that, you know, because we're in a sort of action adventure thing. And, and either the leader or the women say, well, if everybody wants it, it is. And that's the end. I wake up. Whoa. Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> Over to <laughs> this you. Is an, this is epic. I'm so excited about this dream. And we'll be Woo! as short and sweet about it as possible just sure. so we can, you know, get as many callers in as possible. But Jeff, I'm going to hand this over to you and see what, if it were your dream, what are some of the things that come to mind? Okay, some some very fast shots. You, you introduce the dream with um, a sort of a, a, a tension or something between male and female, boys and girls, men and, and women. Um, so that's kind of the context. And my first response was, well, we're certainly in those kinds of tensions in our culture right now, aren't we? There's uh-huh. some would say that there is and has been a long, for a long time a war on women, which would uh, underline the, the tension there. Um, in, in my dream, I'm on a shelf and I look, uh, I, I, I'm naked with a bunch of athletic folks. So there's very a bodily sense to this. Um, and as the ledge lowers, it lowers mechanically as though the dream itself is telling me not to be afraid of the, of the height, because in the beginning, I'm, I'm, I look way, way down into this pool, but as the dream goes on, I'm lowered down to the water, um, and the water is, I loved your word, delicious, <laughs> I'm assuming you're drinking some of it as well and can taste it, but the feeling of it being a, a wonderful uh, wet place to be, and then the question is: Is this the key? Uh, I would I would want to ask of what what waking things in your life are you are you looking for a key with, or um, how might your friends that 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 are anonymous in the dream yet present? How are your friends or your acquaintances in your waking life? influencing you in the way you think about uh, male and female and and some of that sort of stuff so there's it's kind of a shotgun here's a whole bunch of things um oh. it's fabulous they're wonderful things to contemplate thank you i'm gonna throw in my two cents on this as well if you don't mind because i'm very <laughs> I very would excited love them I, well, I just thought it was fun um in, in the end of that whole thing is this the key and i so to me, the key, if it were my dream is like, I'm always looking for the key. Like, what is that thing, that combination yeah. of things? What's that formula that, that puts me in the right place at the right time so that I'm in the place of yeah. my greatest contribution or service, or I'm doing the right thing. So I love that. And I also love the Spanish word, word play on it. A key means like here. And so I think there's something about being, if it's my dream, <gasps> I play with that, like, I'm, I am a wow. key. I am here. And there's something wow. interesting that, that occurs to me about, I mean, there's such a thing with Brene Brown's work on vul- like the strength of our vulnerability. And one of the ways mm. to be able to survive in the jungle of life, we think is to armor up, but really it's to get 
really soft to drop in wow. to that, to, to the deepest place. And there was even a study, it was a UCLA study that came out years ago. It was about the, the, the power of female friendships. And they were talking about women who have other women who have their back. They live longer, they live healthier, they're stronger, oh, yeah. they're able to adapt and versus people that are kind of lone wolf-esque doing it alone they, they just don't fare as well. So there's something about that. And I loved what Jeff said about the, the worst thing, the fall that seems like, oh no, the most perilous thing is actually quite gentle. It's not so scary. And especially, yeah. so I think oh, these are all things I would meditate on and expand with. How is that landing on you? How is that landing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, you guys have just given me a feast for thought. I'm so grateful. Oh, if it were my dream, I would just be, I'm going to go take a bath right now. I'm going to take a bath in your dream. Yeah, it's yummy. I mean, it's just like, I'll never feel water that amazing. It's so, so it's been a lot to contemplate. And I, and I thank you. I know that you've got a lot of callers. I would love love just to, as a follow-up to have you, if you would be so kind as to let me know what your dream activation will be. Like, what will you do with this dream in your waking light? At the very least, meditate on that energy as it relates to the worst fear. So that no is like a question about it. Okay. Keep Will do. Susie. Thank you both so right. much. That was gorgeous. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So let's, um, let's open up to Mahatma. Mahatma, you're on. Hello, Kelly. Nice to hear your voice again. Hi, Mahatma um, Jeeves. Yes. Mahatma Jeeves. <laughs> um, I was going to tell you about a paranoid uh, dream I had when I was a little kid because I can remember it so well, but it's not relevant to the spiritual talk today. So maybe I'll, I'll put that in a, a, I... on another uh, Wednesday. But Hold on but one second. What... I don't know if you could see Jeff's face when you said that. He looked like, what you talking about? Like, how could it be not relevant? So, Well, okay, I'll, 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 I'll get to that. But before I do, I want to back up a little bit and say something about my spiritual um uh, activities over my lifetime. When I was a little kid, I was the last person at, Ur- at Leo High School in Urbana uh, to find out that there was no Santa Claus. Uh, it was in the third grade. And by the second grade, almost every kid had found out this is a myth. Uh, but I trusted my parents, especially my mom, uh, who had always told me that there was a Santa Claus and he was real and all this sort of thing. And um, uh, one kid at, at school told me, well, there's no Santa Claus, and I went home and asked my mom, and I started crying when she told me, yeah, she'd, she'd been lying all these years, and it was all made up, not That's true so at all. so devastating. And so I became an atheist on the spot, because in my mind, if there's an omniscient, omnipresent being that can see everything you're doing while you're awake and asleep and reward you for good deeds and punish you for bad deeds with coal or whatever it is, these are the same guy. I mean, yeah. God is God, right? These are all qualities of God. Yeah. So I decided if she was lying about that, she was probably lying about Jesus, too. <laughs> right. So I became an atheist for many years. But I, this ties into um, what was being said about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, when I was about 20 or so, I took LSD with my wife and had amazing experiences that I can still remember. I wouldn't have to write them down in a journal. I could tell you everything that happened for the next 24 hours. And it included 
uh, I guess, a waking dream, because I wasn't asleep, a waking dream, but I was having hallucinations about the fact that we are all one in the universe, that there's, there's no devil, there's no hell, but that we are all connected in some way or another, and, uh, and basically became more of a spiritual person, later got into religion, later got out of it, but I still have that concept in my head that, you know, we, we all are invisibly connected, even though we're not in the same room or anything like that. Everyone and every animal is connected, you know, and all, all these beings are somehow connected. Oh, uh, wow. But Mahatma I could tell Jeeves. you my dream, it's getting a little late, no, but I could tell you it real quick. It's, it's a, no, no, no. Let's, I mean, I think that, I just want to comment on that for a moment. I would say okay. it, it wasn't even a dream. It wasn't even a hallucination. It was, it was lucidity. It was, yeah. I, feel, I feel like if it were my situation, I would say I woke up in that. None of that. Yeah, that's like... a very good way to put it. But listen, I'll, I'll put off my, my paranoid dream when I was a kid that's not relevant to the spiritual okay. aspects. Right I want to hear it next week. I'd like week, to bring so... up one thing, one little yeah. thing before I get off. Yeah. When he said something about church and dreams, I immediately thought of this phrase I have a dream, the most famous speech by Martin Luther King, the Reverend Martin Luther King and doctor, yeah. Uh, yeah. probably influenced more people than any speech I've ever heard of, and it's the very simple concept that we will uh, come in the future to a time when we will accept each other and not judge each other because of the color of our skin, but because of the content of our character. Oh, Mahatma and it, just, it just hit me. That is, that's probably the most significant speech ever given on a dream. Yeah, And it was from I, a minister, but there were atheists who picked up on that dream too. Right, right. I think that's such an amazing thing about dreams is that it can appeal to atheists as well as we all have dreams, whether we're spiritually oriented or not. Um, Jeff, did you want to comment on what Mahatma Jeeves just? Well, uh, I appreciated his referring Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, speech on dreams, because if if you read that whole speech or listen to it, he makes a, a very close, intimate contact, not only with scriptural background, but it, the American story and the American Constitution and the dreams, quote unquote, of of, of America, um, yeah, that's that's not only probably the best known use of the word dream in our culture, but but it it's 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 so powerful because it's not only a, and I'm not sure there's any reference to a sleeping dream in there as much as a vision. This is the vision that I uh-huh. have for America. Yeah. Right in line with scripture, right in line with America's better side historically, that it's it's just a, a wonderful, powerful mm-hmm. cultural moment. Yeah, I, I agree. appreciate well, that comment very much. Great. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing your paranoid dream next week. I can't wait. Okay. Talk to okay. you then. Okay. All right. So let's, Denise, you always do a quick, you're always able to get right to it. So Denise, take it away, honey. Okay. Hi. <clears throat> I had a dream that I was getting married. I was getting married. Um, just putting on the dress. The dress had a bunch of gold and silver, but it wasn't real elaborate. It was plain, but the gold and silver, you know, a little gold and silver, I don't know what they were, but they were on the dress. Anyway, but then a girlfriend of mine, or a person in the dream, decides to give me that tiara, that, that thing you put on your head that mm-hmm. you wear with your wedding dress. And she put it on, and it had the gold and then the silver to match the dress. And I said, you know... She put it on, and it felt a little heavy, and I took it off. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to wear that. She said, well, it matches the dress. And I said, well, I don't know. 
and the dream ended. I didn't get married because it was I was backstage, so to speak, or back. You know, when you first walk out, I didn't get a chance to. The dream ended. I didn't get a chance to walk out into the church or the ceremony. And real quick, um, uh, I, I ran into a prophetess, and my question to him is, if the lady that told you something about dreaming is devilish or whatever you said, I'm talking real fast, um, then what would she say about a person who uh, proclaims to be a prophetess? Because I grew up Catholic, and I didn't know what a prophesizer was. And when she prophesied and told me certain things that came true, I don't know if that's really true or not because I grew up Catholic. Okay, I talked as fast as I could. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Denise. <laughs> All right, Jeff Nelson, we've got Thanks. a minute and a half. <laughs> well, um, Denise, I, I, gold and silver stood out because they were referenced twice in, yeah. the, in the dress and in the tiara. Gold and silver are the most valuable substances that we traditionally, historically have, have had. Um, the fact that you took off the tiara, to me, it references something about the head stuff, the intellectual stuff. The dress covers your body. The tiara sits on top of your head. And the fact that you take it off, it's almost like saying, I don't need this head stuff. I've got this bodily sense of, of what's happening. That's very Quick Ooh, response. <laughs> I love that. I would just, I just want to add, I love what Jeff just said, that it's almost <clears throat> like value. The value is for comfort and for simplicity and, and for what's truly valuable. And the stuff that would sit on the head might clutter, might be in the way. Um, I remember along the Long Island medium or one of those mediums, she used to take off her hat. It wasn't the Long Island medium because she just had big hair. Somebody else would always take off mm -hmm. the hat in order to receive the insight. So in some way, I feel like there's, there's preparing for marriage, which I think symbolically is about coming into balance with the masculine and feminine and coming to God, coming into our God essence yeah. is requires that simplicity and elegance and connecting with what's truly valuable. So on that note, perfect way to end this show, Jeff Nelson, thank you so much for joining us. His book is Dreaming in Church. And his website is, there is no website, but if you want to reach me, Kelly at Kelly Sullivan Walden, I will give you Jeff's email address. Thank you again, Jeff. And thank you everybody for calling in. Sorry, I didn't You're get welcome, to all the Kelly. callers. Mm. Good Talk to be you with soon. you. Thank you. Until we meet again next week, don't take your dreams lying down. Bye. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.